Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Hey everybody, what's happening? You are tuned into If Memory Serves here on NOTLG.com. Network. Uh, it's July, episode 20. We're talking food memories. I'm Taylor, and with me, as he is every month, as we uh, wander back through the uh, grocery store aisles of our memories growing up in the Bay Area in the 80s, 90s, he is the Bob's Big Boy to my uh, Squeezers Hamburgers. It's my brother, Seb. Seb, what has happened to my friend? Hot diggity dog. Everything's happening. You know, we got 4th of <laughs> July just around the corner. Um, yeah. Up here in Sacramento, every other corner has a has a booth uh, selling fireworks. Um, oh, oh, you guys you guys are able to get away with that up there? Yeah, they, they sell this. It's, I guess it's called Safe and Sane. Um, but, you know, coming from the Bay Area, I mean... That that stuff's pretty much verboten, you know what I mean. So it's kind of yeah. it's kind of neat to go kind of. I don't usually buy a lot, but I love looking at the packaging and what they're called. There's one uh, firework that's just called Crazy Eyes, and I have to. I always just I always just wonder what it looks like, you know. Um, <laughs> Probably pretty crazy. Right, right. Uh, how uh, are you doing? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I am looking at um, a lot of suitcases right now as as mm. we are getting ready to. Uh, head to rural eastern Tennessee to visit some extended family cool. uh, for the next week or so. Mm. Um, the kids are very excited. Um, I'm thankfully not afraid of flying anymore, so I'm looking forward to it as well. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it's it's going to be nice. We will also actually be out there for the 4th of July. Um, so... Yeah, we don't have safe, insane fireworks. We yeah. have <laughs> you have military fireworks. grade, yeah, yeah. in uh, Tennessee, I'm sure. Yeah, that's awesome. We, we have ordinance liberated from a nearby uh, army base. I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, great. Yeah, it is. Uh, we we went back two years ago, and you know when you have a, a fireworks stand on the side of the road, it's a ginormous tent. And mm-hmm. you can easily spend hundreds of dollars. It's like the Costco of fireworks. It pretty much is. Yeah. It pretty much is. Um, but yeah, things are going great. We've spent the past couple of weeks. We've cleaned through the garage and uh, just gotten rid of a bunch of stuff and made a ton of donations. We've we've helped the kids like totally go through their rooms and... Um, yeah, it's amazing the amount of space we have in this house again. Oh, cool. Yeah, in fact, it's kind of nice because now I can stick the bus in the garage while we're out of town huh? and not worry about it. Well, speaking about the bus, yes. um, what's new with the bus? Oh, yeah, let's see what has been happening. Previously on... Previously on... Previously on... If memory serves. Um. So, I yeah, I've been doing... Um, a lot of research on the history of the bus because, mm-hmm. um, well, one, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like a good puzzle. I like a good mystery. And this one is really proving to be one because mm. it has gone through a lot of hands. 
Um, with your help, I've gone through a couple of DMV forms to, um, one, hopefully get some of the earliest paperwork I can, but California being as big as it is, um, they would regularly purge, uh, old records to make room for, you know, 30 million people worth of new records, mm. uh, every year. So, at best right now, I've been able to, between these forms and Google, um, go back, um, as early as 1984. In terms um, of like DMV... the chain of ownership? And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So DMV's, um, California DMV, I should say, their digital records start in 92. Okay. Um, so I got a record of just the names of everybody who has owned the bus going back to 1992. Um, I was able to using just, you know, public record searches, um, find the contact information for that owner, uh, in 92 and get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, through exchanging emails with him, uh, find out that he bought it in 1984. Okay. Uh, from somebody, uh, similar. They were both up in the North Bay at the time um and and this is kind of where my research has ground to a halt okay um because even though even though i've shot off an email and said do you remember i know he said he remembers buying it from an ad in the paper which is what i was really hoping to hear Mm -hmm. um but i asked you know do you remember what month you bought it and I, <laughs> what, i've heard what nothing. page what page number <laughs> a pa- yeah i wish um you know which paper i'd be right. happy to hear that even yeah um, title yeah because really I'm, I'm guessing it was one of two newspapers that was active in that region at the time mm-hmm. um and without really knowing what month that's something like 730 newspaper records to mm-hmm. go through. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that research is kind of just ground to a halt. I kind of want to like, I want to kick some money in and like hire like a psychic to fa- come over and fondle the bus <laughs> and kind of like try to like get a vision of like, you know, who the earliest owners were. Uh, but I did um, this past week. I, I actually should have mentioned this. I, I did contact the VW factory in Germany that um, I ordered your future birthday gift for the birth certificate of right. the bus, and they said that they are just now starting to work on the requests placed in the month of April, which was my month. So oh, okay. So uh, it, it, the wheels are turning slowly but surely. So Excellent. hopefully we're going to get that uh, paperwork in your hands pretty soon. So hopefully that'll add to the the fun. Oh, it it will. It will only add to the fun. It it probably won't give me anything close to, um, you know, what, what dealership sold it or mm-hmm. a first owner's name, but it will at least go, here's all the options it came with. And, and, and cool. here's the date it was actually produced. And that is, is equally valuable. So sure. I'm, I'm looking very forward to that. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so why don't we take a look and see what is going on in the news? An ABC News break brought to you by Budweiser Beer. Stay with us. The late edition is next. Oh, well, first thing I want to um, address, and I, I didn't put it in the notes because I didn't save the link, but um, 
famous character actor, and we know him best as the villain from Briscoe County Jr., which had its run on Fox. Uh, actor Billy Drago actually passed uh, oh. just a little less than a week ago. He was 73. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, Briscoe County Jr., great show. That show had a lot of heart. Bruce Campbell, kind of a Western thing, but a sci-fi thing at the same time. You it know? was... Yeah, it was kind of steampunk before there was steampunk. That's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I think he was in the Unto- the Untouchables with uh, Sean, um, Sean Connery and Kevin mm-hmm. Costner. Um, yeah, really distinctive face, you know. Oh yeah, you couldn't miss him. I, I, I mean, he was really one of those iconic. You see his face, you're like, oh yeah, I remember seeing him in in you know this that and the other thing kind of wraith like his face would like wraith like almost you yes know? he always yeah. looked very kind of grizzled and you know like he could kill you just with the look i always wonder about those actors because you wonder like they're probably the nicest people you know what i mean oh, i'm they just sure they were are. born like looking super evil <laughs> uh yeah yeah mm. well don't forget we will have links to all these stories in the show notes. So if you hear something or you miss something and you want to go back and catch it, go ahead up the story notes. But uh, I had to laugh because uh, the folks over at the sci-fi channel have a little look at uh, everything you didn't know about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. (laughs) Do you remember? Do you remember watching Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Very well. Um, I was a big fan. I was especially a fan of the, I believe, Friday episodes where they showed the animated segments based on the Legend of Zelda card uh, game, a uh, video game. That's exactly right. That was probably my favorite bit of it. But the whole thing was great, you know. Um, and it's and it's so funny because just within the past year or year and a half, um, my kids have been introduced to those Legend of Zelda cartoons, which I, I don't know who was writing for it at the times, but, but there was so much of, you know, Link being sassy and wanting to smooch Zelda all the time. And yeah, you definitely got a vibe of his character from the cartoon show that didn't necessarily come off in the video game, I guess. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. (laughs) Um, and, and I just laugh because you can actually watch the super Mario brothers super show on Netflix. Hmm. And, um, there was a pretty good stretch where that's, that's what my kids wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, you know, kind of it during that stretch where they were playing, uh, Super Mario Odyssey a lot, they wanted to kind of, you know, amp up their experience as much as I suppose a 30 year old cartoon could. It gives um, me hope for the future of this country. Right? Mm. I, I, I always laugh because this, this was the show that was, I don't know so focused on their production values that in the very end credits when Lou Albano is doing the Mario mm-hmm. and he comes to the very end and he throws his hands out and in the big ta-da moment that he he actually loses his balance, takes an extra step forward, and they didn't think to reshoot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, high production values to say the least on that They show. They must have just figured that at this point people have turned the channel, they're not watching the credits, no one's going <laughs> to notice that he did that. Uh, good times, good times. Oh boy. Well, uh, in additional news, um, mm-hmm. now there's been admittedly a lot of Bill and Ted three news, mm-hmm. um, that has come out recently. And I realized that we have probably talked about it a lot, so I'm not yeah. going to necessarily touch on everything, but okay. 
some cast members are coming back. Some other faces are coming in for roles. But what nobody else is talking about is that you actually can now order your own Bill and Ted phone booth. What? Yes. Full size. Okay. Working in terms of you can actually um, use it to make phone calls. You cannot use it to travel through time. Okay. Um, But you can actually order your own phone booth. I'm taking a peek right now um, to see what it would cost you. Um, (laughs) And let me just put it this way. It costs enough that when you click on pricing. Yeah. On this company's website, it mm-hmm. says the better question might be, how much is not having a phone booth costing you? Oh, wow. That's So this is, booths start, wow, booths start basically at $6,500. Holy, who's buying these things? Um, I don't know. Wow, that's amazing. That is pretty impressive. Um, does it have the little, like, umbrella thing on the top? It does. Oh, that's cool. It does. I like it. Um, but yeah, if you've got the cash and you want to check this out, um, give to our Patreon. Don't buy a phone booth. Come on. If you've got that kind of money just laying around, why are you listening to us? Uh, you know, I only have one thing to say to that. What's that? Zandima's high school football rules. Woo. Anyway. All right. Carry on. Uh, we have more news though. What's that? We have more news. More we news. do. We have lots more news. We now, have lots more news. Seb, have you yes. ever heard Taylor. of a website right. called Conserve the Sound? Uh, I do not. It doesn't okay. ring a bell, no. Uh, so this is a um, a group in Germany okay. who is uh, dedicated to preserving the sounds of 20th century technology. <laughs> like um, Like phone booths? Um, I suppose possibly phone booths. I didn't see that on their site, but okay. you know, um, old calculators, VCRs, old types of okay. telephones. Um, okay. so you can go to, uh, uh conserve the sound. Um, okay. and it is conserve the Cause it's a German website mm-hmm. and they have, um, a bunch of, you know, different, pictures on their page and it's like oh oh here's this old telephone you can click on it mm-hmm. and it's got different pictures of the object it has information about the object and then you can click and you can listen to the sounds that this object makes well that'd be great for like uh like uh sound effect like movie gaffers and like sound effects people you know what i mean that's kind of yeah neat. yeah um, Do you have or, a personal or favorite? also have you- parents okay. who don't really understand their kids and goes you know what when i was your age we had to use this thing called a VCR. Yeah. What's a VCR, Dad? Uh, it sounded like this. Come look. Uh, well, that, that's um, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to take a look at that. You know. Yeah, it, I, it's a neat site. I was exploring it a little bit the other day, and uh, uh, yeah. I, don't know. I wonder it's if they take one of those like, quirky things. I wonder if they take requests. You know, if like you could tell them like, hey, I need like a you know like a like an eighty three Dodge Dart. You know. 
uh, rear hatch trying to close or I don't know what. I don't even know if Dodge <laughs> I, I, were. I guess it doesn't were, hurt to ask. Was the dart was the dart even made by Dodge? Were they made in nineteen? Uh, yes, the, the, the dart was made by Dodge. Very good. Oh, good. Okay, that's probably the extent of my automobile knowledge. Actually, pretty um, close to it. Wow, that's pretty neat. <laughs> okay, did you have a favorite sound effect from our childhood? Oh my gosh. Um, well, short of the uh, plastic toy lightsaber whoosh that we talked about last month. Uh-huh. Um, boy, I don't know. I mean, I'll, the I'll sound, t- yeah. I would say the sound of a VHS tape loading, like you push it in and then it grabs it and it pulls it in. I, that's a great sound. I think I can one up you though. Mom okay. used to have a key ring that she would keep her like house keys on and car yeah. keys on. And it was like big and brass and round, mm-hmm. and it made this noise that, like, I swear, I'd be like four aisles over in the Safeway, like I'd be like eight years old, like frantically trying to find her, thinking I was lost, and I would like hear this thing like a dog, and I would just zoom in on it, you know. I totally get it. Yeah, no, that yeah. that key ring that she yeah. had. This was our whole throw me the whip, throw me the idol. Um, key ring because as kids we would get to the door first yeah and we would shout for mom and dad to throw us the keys from the curb <laughs> yeah because um, we needed somehow we never got hit to get in the into the house yeah i know right you know by this thing because <laughs> it was heavy <laughs> here mom and dad please assemble our legos at the red light on the drive home from the toy store and by the way throw us your keys so we get in the house two seconds earlier than you exactly. oh i love it oh that's brilliant <laughs> oh that's good uh. but yes that would that would be a very very distinctive sound yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, well, now this news broke not long after we released our last episode, and I am still kind of blown away and at the same time not quite sure how I feel about this, but mm. um, apparently Punky Brewster is coming back. Okay, so the the TV show. It's like a the TV game? show, Punky Brewster. Okay. Um, it's, it's Soleil Moonfry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the old dude is, is go- dead, though, right? What? The old dude is dead, though, right? Well, yes, but okay. this is not. She's not going to be playing like her eight-year-old self at okay. forty-three or something. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Um. So this is Punky Brewster today. Yeah. Um, today, she is going to um be a single mother of three, trying to get her life back on track when she meets a young girl who reminds her a lot of her younger self. Hmm. Um, so, uh, I'm not even sure what network it's going to be on. Okay. So it's going to be broadcast, not like a web series or something. So far as I know. Gaming service. Okay. Okay. Yep. So far as I know, um, will we end up seeing a bunch of the, you know, very special episodes? I don't know. (laughs) One Um, can hope. (laughs) One can hope, right? Um, yeah. Does this mean we can wear like multicolored bandanas tied around our joints, like our knees and our elbows? I hope so. I, I hope I hope that comes back, you know. I mean, and and the question is, you know, does she does she still go by Punky or will she be going by her character's birth name of Penelope? Oh gosh, was her name Penelope? Apparently. Oh my goodness. Wow, that that I did not know. Um, I, I, didn't, I did if honestly I, did know, I didn't I either until it. I yeah. read this article. Wow, that's a trip, man. I well, I look forward to hearing more about uh, about her return, you know? I, I will be very curious. It will probably be one of those things that, you know, it's like, okay, I'll watch this through for a few episodes, but there's just, I don't know, can you really recapture a show like that? I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know if they could, but I mean, it'd be darned interesting to see how they would try to do that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Well, did you have a favorite uh, Punky Brewster episode? Mine, I've, I know I've talked about this before, but mine was the one where like, I don't know who it was, if it was like Nancy Reagan or Mr. T, but somebody like showed up after like the Challenger uh, shuttle explosion and, and like there was like a special episode where they like chilled mm-hmm. out the kids and helped them get through their emotions and stuff. Yeah, I don't know, I that's, still remember that. honestly, that's probably the one that I remember best. I don't yeah. think I could really judge like which one I liked most because I haven't watched them since they were brand new. You know, I think I may have misspoke. I don't think it was Mr. T. I think it might have been Buzz Aldrin. I usually get those two mixed up, actually. I can see why. I can't see why. I don't know. Godspeed, Soleil Moonfry. <laughs> All right. Yikes. All right. Yikes. Well, moving right along. Moving right along. Uh, literally, the, the original Muppet movie, which was a oh. huge movie for me, oh, is God. coming back into theaters this month. Is it going to be one of those like fathom events kind of thing? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, oh wow! I love so. Like, Fozzie had this crazy car. I think it might have been a Studebaker. It is. It's a it's yeah. a bullet nose Studebaker, and yeah. I absolutely fell in love with bullet nose bullet nose oh, Studebakers yeah. at that age. Totally. Um, but yes, it is coming up on its 40th anniversary. God, this year so fathom events has announced that the muppet movie will play in more than 700 movie theaters on thursday july 25th and damn it why is it always july 30th thursdays at 12 30 and 7 p.m <sighs> never like a friday night but you know what no. hey at least they're doing that i gotta be positive you know i gotta think positive here um man i think wasn't it charles durning he played doc hopper that like evil like like freaking like colonel sanders ripoff guy or something yep yeah dude oh yeah and like giant animal i mean no spoilers alert i hope if anybody listening hasn't listened to the Mupp- or seen the muppet movie you know i hope i'm not spoiling anything but uh, I-, I think at this point it's 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 okay we can we can uh, spoil God. is that your favorite muppet movie do you think i honestly i i really think it is mm-hmm. i mean it was i think it might have been one of the first muppet things i ever saw mm-hmm. as a kid mm-hmm. um so it probably made its greatest impression on me. I mean, I still love like the great Muppet caper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff. I have very, very fond memories of that. But if I just had to go like, what is the, the purest expression of like a Muppet film mm-hmm. for me? It's, it's going to be the original. I was yeah. just, I mean, I watched that thing to death as a kid. Did you ever see that one Muppet movie, the recent one, where there were, like, Muppet prostitutes and, like, Muppet, like, homicides? And No. I never watched – I could never no. bring myself to watch it. I, I had just, no interest in sitting now. Yeah. I just couldn't do it, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a good sign, though. Yeah. Uh, so wow. we previously talked about the demise of Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it looks like Toys R Us kind of – sort of might be making a comeback okay um in the story reported on uh sci-fi.com um they actually it's it's going to be like six stores okay six not 60 not 16 not 606 six stores all right um and (laughs) and there's going to be i think an e-commerce uh all right facing because of course there is it's you know um, but these locations, these physical locations are going to be like a third of the size of an actual Toys R Us store used to be. They're going to be like 10,000 square feet. 
All right. Um, so they're going to be very small. Um, and not only that, but they're going to have apparently uh, more interactive experiences such as play areas. Hmm. Okay. Um, and, and I quote here, and exercise a business model of not paying toy makers until consumers actually purchase their products. <laughs> well, I mean, I hate, I, I wish them success. I, I hope it succeeds. Um, actually, I was kind of still hoping that there'd still be those uh, pop-up KB toy stores that were right. reported to show up a, like two or three or four years ago. Uh, I never heard anything more on that, but I think that would have been neat. But, um, you know, totally. hey, I, I hope to make a, a go of it, you know, Um but six locations, wow, that's that's uh yeah. I mean maybe maybe it'll it'll be the seed that grows into a mighty oak. Um, I, God, that sounds really familiar. Um <laughs> Do you wanna guess what the Toys R Us sign that still stands in my local shopping center now says? Oh god, do I Spirit Halloween store? No, it just says Temper Peter. I mean the oh. fact that it's still there I guess is kinda nice, but I mean Does is is the R in Tempurpedic backwards? <laughs> it, no, but it should be. That would have been oh, that would have been beautiful. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean this basically sounds like a consignment lot for <laughs> toy makers. Yeah. But we'll we'll see. I'm I right. maybe I'm just coming at it from a more pessimistic angle. But um now this month july stranger mm. things three drops oh yeah um, and of course i'm going to be in tennessee with not a ton of cell signal so oh. i'm not going to be able to watch it until after i get back but mm. not only has coca-cola brought back new coke temporarily in conjunction mm. with this but inspired by such so this is not a tie-in pizza hut is actually bringing back their old 1980s logo that's right. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, this is this is crazy because I, I think Pizza Hut was probably one of the places we got pizza from most if it wasn't Roundtable. Yeah, Pizza Hut, Roundtable, and Straw Hat were kind of like our trilogy or, or the trinity of pizzas growing up as a kid, I think. Yeah, uh, we'd occasionally yeah. do mountain mics. You know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because... Um, there was maybe a month ago a news story about how Pizza Hut was changing the recipe of their pan pizzas, um, allegedly for the first time in decades. Uh-huh. And I had this really weird experience, I think in the late 90s or early 2000s, when I could have sworn it was like one day I woke up and I ate pan pizza at the Pizza Hut and it looked and tasted nothing like the version I had grown up on. But the weird thing was I don't remember there being any sort of people talking about this or anything. It's almost like there was a twilight zone where I woke up and just all of a sudden I was in a new universe that was exactly the same, except my old childhood pan pizzas never existed. So it's kind of a weird Mandela effect thing. Sort of. And then when I saw that news article, it kind of like triggered me because they were saying, oh, this will be the first change we made to the pan pizzas in like 40 years. And I'm like, BS, you know, what did you do in like 97 or 2002? It's like, what happened to my pan pizza? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that, hey, you know, if they're bringing the old logo back, that's great. Maybe they'll bring back my old pan pizzas again. Um, although maybe not because I'm trying to eat healthier these days. But um, it's nice to see some old familiar faces if if those faces are actually just corporate logos. I mean, I'll settle for that, I guess. Um, yeah, I get it. I get know. it. Mm, I'm hungry. I know, right? Mm. It almost feels like we should be talking about food. Mm. Mm. So this time on If Memory Serves. We're talking food memories. We started with local food memories, and then that kind of branched out to restaurants and then foods we remember that 
you can't get anymore. And so now we're just, I don't know, food memories. It's a whole smorgasbord this evening, ladies and gentlemen, nice. for your you listening pleasure. That. Oh, this is so good. I think it's something everybody can relate to. Hopefully, most people eat food. I, um, I, I, th- I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, most people probably do. Right, right. Um, but where do we start with all this? I mean, do you want to start off tonight? Do you want me to start? Or... Uh, why don't you start? All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to go out strong out the gate. I'm probably going to start with, of all the foods, I mean, obviously there's restaurants that we have fond memories of, many of which were either local uh, restaurants or restaurants that just no longer are in business. Um, same with, you know, store-bought foods. There's some that have been discontinued. Um, and I'm going to start out tonight with, tonight with the childhood food that I liked the most that is now the most defunct and impossible to get again. It's the Sara Lee brand frozen croissants, um, specifically the Les Sandwich croissants, um, which came out in the 1980s, I think 1984-ish. Um, and these were sort of like proto-Hot Pockets. Now, I think technically Hot Pockets predate these croissants. Um, okay. But it was the very first time that I can remember as a child eating a food that had the the concept of a hot pocket where you had kind of an outer bready, flaky, buttery crust and an inner gooey, cheesy, meaty substance. Um, and, you know, it's a brilliant concept and these were so tasty. Even to this day, they still top a lot of internet lists of defunct foods that people, there are still rabid fan bases that would love to have these things come back. Um, some of the um, flavor varieties they had, they had chicken and broccoli roast beef and wine sauce, cheddar cheese and turkey, uh, bacon and cheese. There were also dessert croissants, including strawberry, apple, and chocolate. But the one and only that I loved the most was the ham and Swiss cheese variety. And they were so good. And the weirdest thing about this, there was actually a television um, ad campaign for these Sara Lee frozen croissants. Mm-hmm. Featuring none other but a pre-Star Trek The Next Generation Gates McFadden. That's right, Dr. Beverly Crusher shilling warm croissants. And (laughs) she adopted the world's worst fake French accent in these commercials, some of which can still be seen on YouTube, and they are pure nostalgia gold. And actually, if you don't mind, maybe we could play a brief clip for the listeners now. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a listen to that. Presenting Sara Lee Croissants. Sara Lee Croissants? No, no. Only the French can make the true croissant. Ooh, so light, so flaky, so buttery, so French. So, uh, how do you like Sara Lee croissants? Mmm, I love them. Tell me, this Sara Lee, she's French, no? Nobody does it like Sara Lee. In three delicious flavors. Now... Listeners to the podcast will remember that I had a pretty big crush on Gates McFadden coming up as a kid uh, based upon the Valentine's Day episode that we did once. Um, Mm -hmm. And here it is. Here's Gates McFadden, right? One of the great 80s hotties, like selling my all-time favorite food as a kid. And I mean, this thing is just amazing. It's like this wonderful conglomeration of things I love. Just like, I mean, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but the idea of Beverly Crusher, like like providing me with a ham and cheese filled croissant (laughs) is just amazing. And, but the thing is, it's like, even though like she, in my opinion is doing the world's worst fake French accent. Like, I think she's still a thousand times more convincing as a French person than Sir Patrick Stewart, 
who don't get me wrong, I love Patrick Stewart, but I think he's like the worst actor of our generation. I mean, here what? he is. He's playing Jean-Luc Picard, a Frenchman, and he speaks with an English accent. He loves Earl Grey tea. He quotes Shakespeare and adores Admiral Lord Nelson. I mean, he's the world's least convincing Frenchman. You know, I don't care how far in the future he is. I mean, I don't know if you remember this one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where Data, the robot, got sent back in time to, like, 19th century San Francisco. But, like, in that episode, like, the way that he explained himself as, like, you know, being bizarre and oddly dressed was that he was a quote Frenchman and even that portrayal of a Frenchman I think was more convincing than Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard that being said Sierra Chris Frozen croissants uh, I tip my hat to you I definitely ate you know several hundred of you throughout the course of my life um, and they are no more unfortunately but um, yeah that's a uh, that's uh that's probably the, the the one of the foods I missed the most as a kid um, I'm, I'm I'm assuming you probably don't remember these maybe as much as i do um, i'm i'm sorry i'm still kind of just caught up with you know the the sudden shoot week that just has appeared in the middle of this oh here's this food i love jean-luc picard is is crap i'm 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 stuck on this here no, for a no, second he, you just was, brought the fire out of like nowhere he was he was great in certain things i think oh, he was in a like um a, a a, a, a ancient Roman BBC TV special called um, I Claudius in the seventies with like Brian Blessed and like um, all these sorts of great actors, um, we, we, John we Lee Davies. But and, we, and he we was, don't we don't need to backpedal. I mean, we we should stay on the food topic. But holy moly, I was just taken just, aback by this. I just had to get it off my out chest. of nowhere. I, I, can't, I can't lie to you, but this you know, is remember? clearly something that has been causing you trouble to sleep. Ah, well, you know, I've just been thinking about it, man. But clearly. Um, but you know what? The, the 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 hot pocket essence of the ham and cheese croissant. I mean, hot pockets are such a inferior successor to the the le croissant sandwich thing from Sarah I, Lee. Um, I honestly, I I do have some vague recollections. Okay. Of these, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure I ate them, and I'm sure I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have quite the passion. Uh, or the passionate memory for these that mm-hmm. you do. Now, it is it is worth noting, just to stay on the Star Trek tip for a second, that, that Beverly Crusher didn't always have the best luck with the food dispensers. This is true. Computer, fix the food slot. The food slot is functioning properly. Well, check again. The food slot is functioning properly. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> well, um, you know, um, hopefully in the future, mankind will travel the stars, find new civilizations. And maybe some of those civilizations will have received these television commercials in the form of radio waves or whatever. And maybe they will have reverse engineered these croissants and they have whole cultures built around them and there's temples dedicated to them. Um, I mean, we can hope I can dream a boy can well, dream. Then in that case, then what I hope is that some culture somewhere has reverse engineered the pudding pop because that is, <laughs> is that where we're going next? We're going to, the this is pop? where we're going next. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah. when I'm, when I'm trying to construct, you know, my list of stuff, there's lots of stuff where it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. I totally remember that. But you can still get it. So I'm mm. trying to look for stuff that's like, oh my god, I remember that. And they definitely don't make it anymore. And the Pudding Pop is one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was, I mean, you know, histamines be damned. I would have the chocolate ones all the time. Okay. 
as a kid and there was nothing to me more i don't want to say savory because it wasn't necessarily that kind of um you know like a deep luxurious okay flavor to them Mm -hmm. but i however they were formulated i'm like just Mm -hmm. whatever they did with the chocolate and the creaminess of it um and I remember when you would first pull them out of the freezer Uh um, and maybe, maybe it was a function of our freezer. I don't know um, that they would be so cold that there was almost like a very thin kind of frozen layer Uh to the whole thing. And I remember I would kind of like use my teeth to kind of chip that off Uh Uh and enjoy that. And then, you know, eat the rest of the pudding pop. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely had, it, it gave it a kind of like an al dente kind of uh, texture experience to it. Um, but, uh, man, that's a that's a great, uh, I think they had, there was chocolate and then there might have been a chocolate vanilla swirl, but I don't yes. know if that's an accurate memory. Nope, that um, is accurate. That is accurate. Um, they, there were also just straight vanilla ones that I was always less impressed with. But now, Yeah, no. Now that I'm older, um, I have a greater appreciation for vanilla because <laughs> I can't have chocolate all the time. Are, now, are the Pudding Pops still produced? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Dead it too. would not okay. be on this list if it was still produced. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, um, gee, now, hey, you know, it's 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 funny that you mentioned that because talking about like frozen treats and stuff, one kind of brainwave I had, do you have, do you have a childhood preference between um, ice cream cones that were kind of like the conical shape versus, do you remember the ones that were like the cake type that were like they had these weird angular facets and sometimes they had like children's names impressed in them or something yeah so oh yes 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 so so we're talking about the difference between what what are called cake cones yeah and sugar cones right right did you have a, a preference with either one um, as, a, as a kid growing up or oh boy you know i i think i think i have fonder memories uh-huh um associated with the cake cones mm, mm-hmm. right the ones that um you know they, they'd be more cylindrical and then they'd kind of branch you know widen into the shape of a cup might have a flat bottom yeah flat bottom, flat bottom not the the pointed like traditional like go to baskin robbins get a sugar cone yeah uh style so i i remember those and and just popping into my head as we were talking about this is i i don't remember the brand who made them or anything um but i remember there was basically like it was almost like a tie-dye swirl color and you're right there was ones that had like you know like how coca-cola bottles now at like summertime Mm -hmm. it's like oh share a coke with bill or share a share a smile with nancy yeah Yeah. they had different names yeah and 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 i have no idea why i mean it might have been the same kind of concept it's like oh look a a a cone with my name on it (laughs) i just i mean i thought it was almost like the edible letdown version of the miniature license plates you could buy at toy stores in the sense that having the name of sebastian you're almost guaranteed you'll never ever find the miniature license plate with that name you'll find every other freaking name in the universe I think today you'd have better luck. 
You might find them today, but you I know, think as you would a find kid, them today. But growing up, you're right. We always and, had trouble finding those. And so all of a sudden, hey, I'm having this wonderful ice cream cone, and all of a sudden, hey, look, it's it's another uh, 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 commodity that's gonna definitely never recognize my name as having any existence. But you know what's interesting? I always was fascinated with if you almost like bit into a cake cone, you could almost observe an internal architectural structure. There were like yes. edible like beams and rafters inside the, the cone itself that held its like structural integrity together, which I always thought was really kind of kind of bizarre but cool too, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get that. And and yeah. that was one of the things that I loved about those cones is that as as I ate the ice cream, mm-hmm. um, I was always subconsciously kind of trying to pack it down okay. a little bit more kind of into that bottom cylinder there because once I'd finished everything else, okay. I had this like perfect bite or two that was just ice cream just crammed into the bottom of this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and there was just something really um, satisfying Mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. those last two bites of ice yeah. cream in a cone like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man, that's a great choice. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I know this is this is going to be an episode where we're going to get done. It's going to be late, and I'm going to be like, "All right, what can I snack on before bed?" I know, we're like jonesing. Yeah. All right, where are we going next? Well, uh, I'd like to talk about a little place called the San Jose Coffee Shop. Okay. Located at one eight six zero the Alameda. Um, and just for a little preface here, of course, Alameda refers to, in different contexts, the name of a city and a county in California. But in terms of our hometown growing up, San Jose, uh, the Alameda is actually one of the main drags in the city. It's a, it's a street, an older street. Um, it's not Alameda Avenue. It's not Alameda Street. It, you look at the street sign, it actually says T-H-E Alameda. You know, yep. it's kind of weird, but there it is. Um, the San Jose Coffee Shop was a as it sounds, a coffee shop attached to a small motel about a block away from the high school that both you and I attended uh, mm-hmm. growing up. And um, I had to do a little bit of research on this because the coffee shop, even though it's still there as a restaurant, it's had different um, uh, names and owners over the years. So I looked at some of the old phone books going back to the 1990s to confirm the actual name that it used during the time that I remember it. Um, it had previously been... Um, one of a chain of restaurants, I think in the 60s or 70s, uh, called Sambo's, which was definitely not politically correct in any sense. Nice. Um, and it has since been things like an Ethiopian restaurant and a Mexican restaurant. Um, but it has a special place in my heart because it's where a lot of my friends and I that I uh, went to high school with would go every morning on the days of finals before the finals began. So we do last minute studying and have a nice big breakfast. Um it was kind of a funky place. Um, one of the things I remember the most about it was that it had a uh, oiled coin-operated machine. It wasn't a vending machine, um, but it was a, a machine that would basically predict your future. It was mm-hmm. called a biorhythm machine, which was sort of like a fad back in the 1970s. And everybody's pretty familiar with um, fortune-telling machines, like the ones that have the like the Zoltan kind of uh, guy with the turban that will read your future. This is almost like a little more scientific or pseudo-scientific. You'd drop your coin in, and there would be a device where you could indicate uh, your date of birth and today's date, and it would, uh, using those pieces of information, register graphs 
and print it on, on a piece of cardstock that would measure your uh, propensity for things like luck, romance, creativity, health, driving, endurance, finance, friendship, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And um, especially it would tell you whether or not that day was going to be something called a critical day or not. And um, this was a, a tradition amongst my friends and I every time before we would start finals where we would try at the cost of 25 cents to prognosticate uh, our future um, uh, for uh, how we would do on our finals. I did have one high school classmate who uh, his brother also went to our high school. Um, and he had an after school job at this exact same motel that I'm describing, where he would do after school tutoring in the subject of arithmetic for a local uh, drug dealer. Um, and whose name was paper, just one word paper. That was his name. Okay. Um, and he lived out of the little motel that was attached to this, um, this little diner, which was kind of weird and bizarre. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's still there. I could still go there and I'm probably, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be the same vinyl booths and whatnot, you know, but, um, it was the site of many an interesting discussion and conversation, uh, for my high school days. Um, so it has a kind of a special place in my heart. I did a little research online. It looks like the motel, I think back in the 1960s, maybe the Rolling Stones stayed there one night because they were playing a show really? in San Jose, um, which is kind of uh, big news for our, uh, our our hometown. Of course, the street that my brother and I grew up on, Hester Avenue, is almost like a small artery darting right off of this uh, the Alameda um, street that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I think you... Um, you had a, uh, I think you you said you went to a Denny's for, with your high school yeah, friends. Yeah, when of? when because there was let's see, I was a senior when you were a freshman, mm -hmm. um, and I and I think I think the year that I became a senior, um, they kind of closed campus a little bit. You mm -hmm. know, you you couldn't go like driving off at lunchtime or anything. Um, you know, they they there had been some incidents and and some issues and so things were kind of ratcheted down a little bit but but junior year when some of my friends had their licenses um uh, I, i'll be honest i've never been into san jose coffee shop mm -hmm. i've never been in there so when we were like oh let's let's go somewhere let's study or uh you know we've we've got a a free period or something we would end up at a denny's on el camino real Mm, okay, I got you. Um, and that just was the made sense, you know. I think uh, a lot of my friends were were theater people, and Denny's is kind of a a regular place to go after a show or something. So that just kind of became the easy go to. One of my high school classmates, whose brother also went to our high school, there was an apocryphal story that used to go around that the motel attached to the San Jose coffee shop. Uh, my friend's older brother and his friends had a a pact whereby their last week of high school before they all graduated and went off to college, they were going to rent a room in the motel and they would all stay in the motel and they would all do each and every single type of illicit narcotic that you can oh, think of heavens. just to experience it, which I don't know if that's a true story or not, but it's, I mean, it kind of, it's, you know, not exactly uh, the, the, it's pretty seedy motel from, from what I'm, uh, how I'm describing it. So, yeah. um, but, uh, it still had a pl special place in my heart. Let's just say that. <laughs> So, but yeah, I definitely wanted to bring that up um, because I, actually a couple places that are going to be on my list tonight are on the Alameda. So we're mm -hmm. going to kind of keeping it close to home. But uh, hey, where are we going to next? Where What's the next? Uh... Uh, you know what? I um, The very first place that I stuck 
on this list in terms of restaurants was a burger place that, <clears throat> if I recall correctly, was more or less at the corner of Stevens Creek Boulevard. Well, not quite the corner. It was set back a little bit, but mm -hmm. at the corner of Stevens Creek and what is that there? Saratoga, Saratoga. Avenue yeah. um, called Squeezers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Squeezers was a burger joint. Um, and, of course, I just thought of a place that should be on here. So I'm, I'm just going to have to bring it up later and yeah. freestyle it. But yeah. I, I don't know how I didn't think to put it on here. Anyway, Squeezers, Squeezers was a burger place that... Um, you know, that, that was emphasizing freshness. Like they, they made their own buns in house and the buns were amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and the burgers were really good from what I recall. Um, and it was, it was supposed to be, you know, a little bit of a destination place. So they had an arcade, um, and they had stuff like that, but it wasn't like, I don't want to say big and overdone, like it's a bad thing, but you know, you think of a Chuck E. Cheese, you think of a Bullwinkles or something where they've got, like shows and entertainment kind of stuff. Um, this was like almost like a proto Dave and Buster's in a way um, where they had an arcade, mm -hmm. but you also came there to eat. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of memories of what the place looked like. I mean, it was colorful. I even tried looking online, but that's mm -hmm. kind of a common enough name that you're not yeah. really going to find what you're looking for very easily. But I, have very vivid memories of being in that arcade and playing Spy Hunter mm -hmm. just constantly. Yeah, they had a great while waiting spy for hunter. food to come. Yeah, they had Spy Hunter. They I did. They definitely had 1942, the aircraft yeah, game. They did. Um, they did. I I was talking to mom. She seems. To, I mean, obviously, a lot of the interior decoration is printed bright primary colors. You're totally mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Mom was saying how it was the first business restaurant, whatever that she'd ever been to, where the interior architecture left the ceiling air ducts exposed and almost incorporated into kind of the architecture, you know, the element. Uh, the yes, decoration I or do decor. remember that. You know, you'd have the air ducting and stuff. I remember there being lots of like, it seemed like there were lots of different um, elevations or platforms in terms of, it wasn't like the floor of the restaurant and the arcade and everything was like level. Like there were different like tiers almost, you know, not like different floors, like a first floor and a second floor, but like right, right, platforms right, but, almost. yeah. Um, and I think it was also, there might've been an element of it where you would like get the burger and then there would be like a line you could go down and almost like build your own burger or assemble it on sort of like maybe a salad bar kind of situation, but for burger toppings, maybe there might've been, I honestly, I don't remember. I was such a plain eater that it's not something I'd ever go to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I'd be like, um, I got my burger. I got my cheese. I'm good. Yeah. 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 Totally. Meat, meat, cheese and bun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great um, one. Squeezers is a yeah. Uh, that was man. That was just one of those places where I I would love to have a Squeezers burger again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, just yeah. to relive it and just see if it tastes as good as it does in my head. Right. The thing that drives me crazy is there's probably a person who, maybe one of the principal owners, maybe an ex manager or somebody who is probably alive as of this moment right now and has in their possession like an old photo album. Full of like amazing squeezers photos. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. Like, those are the kind of thoughts that haunt me. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, great choice though, man. Yeah. Uh, well, um, 
for my next choice, uh, we're staying close to the Alameda. We're going to be going to 1285 Alameda to our childhood Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Called, it was called Ho Meido. Ho Meido. Um, and this place, um, earlier I said how the Sara Lee croissants are the, of all the discontinued foods, that's probably the food that I would want back the most. I probably would have to say that homemade dough might be the restaurant I would want back the most. Um, went to it all the time growing up as a kid in the 80s and 90s. It finally mm-hmm. went out of business around 2008. Um, it, it was neat because it was a mom-and-pop Chinese restaurant. It wasn't fast food by any sort of means. You wouldn't go in there and there uh, and find um, trays of food under hot lamps that you could have served out to you and go home like a Panda Express or something like that. It was either sit down or you would call ahead and get an order and come up and come over and pick it up and take it home. Um, very, very um, classic, almost stereotypical Chinese American restaurant decor. Um, mm-hmm. I think they definitely had each year they would give you a different um, calendar you could take home uh, with their store logo and phone number on it that would be the different it would be like the you know year of the dragon year of the horse they did do those didn't they yeah that's right um which you know what if i could find one of those on ebay for like 50 dollars, i would buy it in an instant Um, oh god yeah i only i only ever ate there once in-house at the at the restaurant at a table and that was with an old high school friend of mine um every other time it was always we would call in drive over pick it up and come home um we, there was one item on the menu especially that we were fond of as a family growing up, which were deep-fried prawns. Yes. Uh, not, from a visual inspection, however, it looked nothing like you would ever see at a Red Lobster. These things were deep-fried in such totality that it was almost indistinguishable what you were biting into. Was it was it a prawn? Was it a donut? It was hard to tell. Um, and in fact, up until relatively recently, I didn't realize that our childhood nickname for these food items you created, actually. Yeah. Um, the dodo egg. So That's right. Up, I was so small. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I think probably had I been told exactly what it was, mm-hmm. you know, I might have been like, I don't want this. Yeah, I don't want But it was this. like, as a little, little kid, that was like the one item on the menu i would most definitely eat yeah and for whatever reason i called them dodo eggs there was nothing better than a dodo egg that i I know you weren't in the sauces but they did the world's best sweet and sour sauce yeah i did that you would get them in a little styrofoam cup with a like a lid on it and get one of those hot things sweet and sour sauce and dip in dodo eggs into it or pour it over a big thing of like pork fried rice and i was just in heaven that's all i took that's all i needed nice um, I know. I I really kind of regret because I I am much more adventurous in my flavors and stuff now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more Chinese food um, and foods of other cultures that I like today that I didn't then, and I never got to experience all that much. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of wish this place was back as well, just so I could try those other things that I know that I like now. One of the days that I've been most proud of our father was the day he went to the restaurant after it had closed and salvaged the sign of the restaurant off the side of the building, albeit with the permission of the building owner. Um, The sign is still in our parents' backyard, um, and I intend fully someday when the revolution comes and the embers and ashes of the Google headquarters have been burnt down, Apple, the Apple ship has been exploded to bring out this sign and fly it like a banner 
over the embers of our vanquished enemies. It, um, it's not going to be very flexible, I'll warn you. <laughs> no, it's it's. I think it's plastic. It's definitely not something that can flutter in the wind. No, and, and it was brittle enough that, that upon removal, it actually did break into three pieces. This is true. It is in multiple pieces at this stage, but I think it probably might be able to be restored. It's huge, though. I don't know. I mean... I would have to get like a weird frame or something for it, but I don't even know how you would tra- know how you would transport it, really. So here's 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 my take on what I would do with it. Like if I yeah, okay. if for some reason I was single or something and I had a place of my own, yeah, and I wanted to put this up on the wall, yeah, right. Um, it's if I remember correctly, it's the plastic itself actually is thin enough that it's kind of like the thickness of like a bathroom mirror. Okay. And they make these little tabs. Like if you've got a bathroom mirror and you've, you're literally just mounting the glass to the wall, mm. they've got these little tabs. Um, they tend to be clear. Um, and they, they support the, um, the mirror or in this case, the homemade O sign. Yeah. Um, and you just, you know, you, drill a hole and in goes a screw to support it so you know you go to your hardware store right and you buy like i don't know like four packs of these mirror mounting kits and then you just get the level out and you just stick the homemade sign up on your wall assuming you've got about a 10 or a 12 foot wall that you can put it on that's probably what i would have to do I'm definitely contemplating maybe contacting the Smithsonian Institution to see if they would be willing to fix it up pro bono, being that Homido was America's greatest ever Chinese restaurant. <laughs> but um, I probably will have to go your route, actually. Um, that, you know, if nothing else, it's a, it's a good backup plan for you to have. But, I'll, I mean, oh, my God, how many – I mean, if I was just 10% smarter, how many signs of businesses that have gone out of business would I have loved to have salvaged in some way – shape or form you know Dude, what i mean tell me about it oh my god there's like, there's like so the many big... even even now like livermore is getting ready to kind of like expand their downtown and and do a lot of new construction and i'm looking at some of these older buildings like they just knocked down a like a speedy oil place and i had that moment of like yeah. We kind of need to get that speedy guy. I put him up in the garage, and right, even that's right. not like a brand that I love or anything. But I'm I have that mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. I think because of the Homido experience of being like, you know, if I can find an old sign to salvage, I would love to salvage an old sign. I was so crestfallen when I went through mom and dad's uh, drawers in the kitchen where they keep the phone books. Yes. And they keep menus from restaurants yes. that they haven't visited in 50 years. Unfortunately, I was unable to find a homey dough rest, uh, menu. I did find one online. It does have a really horrible digital watermark on it from some company. But mm-hmm. I still am just so happy that I can at least look at that and pretend and daydream that I can still, you know, want to order option two or, you know, extra extra sweet and sour sauce on the side something like well that. you'll um, probably be glad then that the the artwork that i did for this month's episode does does feature the homemade dough menu oh does it oh does it really it. Yes. oh that's great oh i actually you know what's funny i actually purchased online a 
paper advertisement for the Sara Lee croissants, and I scanned that today at the Kinko's. Did you really? Yeah, I'm going to have to, maybe as mid, mid-month mid uh, promotion for the show on our social media, I'll have to bust it out or something. Maybe. That that would be excellent. In fact, yeah. any time that you want to do it uh, while I am off on Tennessee, or off in Tennessee, would be great, because not only am I going to try to get this posted before we go, but I'm going to try to get all our tweets scheduled before we go, and that's just going to be cramming a lot in there, so... I gotcha. Okay, man. Cool. cool. <laughs> so I, I think it's your turn, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back down to um, some of the foods here. Okay. Um, and uh, bring up one of <clears throat> probably one of my favorite, uh, let's say, portable drink items because I remember having this in my. Uh, lunch in like junior high pretty frequently mm-hmm. um these were um man i mean i don't even think they were that amazing but at huh. the time the concept of like here's this plastic bottle of you know basically glorified kool-aid that i can take with me man squeeze it oh yeah the squeeze it's yep yep yeah, a great popular 80s drink for kids uh, from the stores. Uh, and I'm sure, as hopefully most of our listeners can remember, the big probably the biggest gimmick was the fact that the plastic bottle containers, you were supposed to squeeze them, really, yeah, uh, to get the juice out, um, which is which is great, you know? I mean, not like, not, it, wasn't, it didn't have as much pliability as, say, a Capri Sun, but it was definitely um, more squeezable than like a soda bottle, like a two liter thing of soda, I guess. <laughs> or even a 12 ounce thing of soda. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, now, and granted, I mean, I look back and I'm like, this is so atrocious for the environment. <laughs> like, how is this ever a thing? But um, that's that's 30 years of hindsight you were looking at there. I mean, at the time I was like, oh, my God. This sugary drink is awesome. I want more. I like oh. twisting off the top and Yep, you twist off the top. Yep, yep. You know? Um Capri Sun was great and all. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean my kids still drink Capri Suns. Um but Squeeze It was one of those things that just it came along at a time where I don't know, things <clears throat> in terms of of stuff they were marketing to kids whether it be fruit chews or drinks or whatever everything was getting kind of for lack of a better term gushy because there was also mm-hmm. gushers right, <laughs> right. Fruit, we had fruit, fruit chews but now we've got yep. fruit chews with a little bit of liquid in them yep oh yeah yeah and i loved gushers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know gushers were great and and but there's yeah there's something about that there's some Sort of, I, I don't want to use the word or, oral fixation because that brings up all sorts of other connotations, but it's kind of what it was. Well, it, it, it was it was taking kids and bringing their foods into the playroom in the sense that you could squeeze your bottle of drink or, you know what I mean? It gave it a play action almost a little bit. Sort I of. can see that. Yes, I can mm-hmm. totally see that. Um, you know, squeeze it. They almost kind of remind me. They were like these weird candies that looked like miniature soda bottles, but they were like the bottles were wax. Almost yes, the wax bottles. Oh my god! I yeah, those. I you remember those? those so much. Yes. Yeah, because that, that it, that's another pseudo drink where the packaging is almost as much fun as the contents. I guess I that's don't know. true. And you you can actually still find those. Okay. Amazingly enough, not easily, but they are out there. I have They're seen. They're still them. out there. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's good. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah squeeze it. It'll man. squeeze it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be a bomb shelter somewhere that like still has like a case of squeezes or something. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, Grant, and you know, hey, you know, the, with that much sugar, you know, they might be well, probably not, but you never know. <laughs> probably, it'd probably be like a Dimatap now or some sort of weird. Oh you know, god, don't or something. remind me of Dimatap. Oh, uh, you were not a Dimatap man. Oh, I, I, to this day, I cannot handle the flavor of grape because oh of really Tap. i oh, don't wow. like grape flavor because i would get a cold and i'd have to have dimetap and it's <coughs> the worst wow wow oh geez i'm sorry to to kind of ruin your flavor there man uh, no it's all right oh geez um so i think it's my turn right yes okay so we're gonna go uh we're gonna go down uh, a little bit to 449 south winchester boulevard to the Bob's Big Boy Restaurant. Yes, yes. Uh, which, of course, you know, was a pretty big chain back in the 1980s. It has a history going back way back into the early 20th century. Um, of course, these days, unfortunately, there's only a handful of Bob's Big Boys still around. I think they're in Southern California for the most part. Yeah, for the most uh, part. As listeners to our podcast might remember from last month's episode, the Star Wars episode, uh, we definitely were frequented the um, Century Theaters on Winchester Boulevard pretty frequently. And this Bob's Big Boy was um, so close to these theaters. It was almost essentially at the edge of the parking lot, in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were on the same block. Um, and I loved so many things about the Bob's Big Boy. I loved the um, – they basically did like a Big Mac, but I think like McDonald's stole – the idea of their Big Mac from Bob's Big Boy, in a sense. Yeah. From what little research I've been able to do online. Um, of course, the big statue out front, very iconic. Um, I think looking at the show notes, you were saying that you had a relationship uh, with the Bob's Big Boy statue. Uh, well, I, I didn't so much have a relationship. I mean, it was it was. Uh, it's not like we were dating or anything. But um, <laughs> uh, no, my my whole thing. We would go. We'd go to Bob's Big Boy for dinner or something. And you know, you, you love the decor of these places. I mean, you're. This is my my early introduction to like the fifties diner vibe yeah, right. that we would then later get in Santa Cruz at the Pontiac Grill and stuff like that. Um, but I would love to run up to the Bob's big boy statue, which is kind of up on elevated, uh, you know, brick area. And I would always like measure my height. Mm-hmm. Like how, how high do I come up on Bob's big boy? Like you're measuring your growing basically. Yeah. Basically. I mean, it's not like I'm sitting there with a Sharpie and, you know, marking the date or anything, but I would yeah. go up there and I would, I would check my height. I used to remember there was this one spot inside the restaurant that was, I would, I, you couldn't even call it a gift shop, but it was like, it was really close to the cash register where you, you know, pay your bill mm-hmm. and there was a little, um, glass cabinet stand. I don't know what you would call it. And that's where they would sell all of the, the junk, the bric-a-brac, the little statuettes, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, maybe t-shirts. Um, and one of the things that I didn't fully remember until I started doing research and then it came rushing back was how there's actually, um, a Adventures of Bob's Big Boy comic book that has been continually published since the 1950s, and they're given out free to all customers who visit a Bob's Big Boy restaurant. Oh my and, gosh, I remember these. And it featured Bob, his girlfriend, who I think was named her name was Dolly, and they had a pet dog named Nugget. 
And these comic books, it's so funny because there's like all these websites dedicated to them. There's all these super famous comic book people who have at some point or another in their career worked on this uh, this issue, like Stan Lee, people like that. Um, and they're so like innocent and saccharine that by comparison, like Family Circus looks like like pretty racy compared to that. Wow. You know, but because they'd be full of like fun stories and like. Um, word puzzles and connect the dots mm-hmm. and like i i so had forgotten my memories of these funky little comic books that you would get and kind of play around with until the food showed up and then you throw on the floor or something um yeah wow i've forgotten <clears throat> about those but do yeah you, i do, do remember do you have those. any remember that do you remember that at all i mean i remember getting them yeah i mean uh-huh. i don't I can't really picture them in my mind or, mm-hmm. or say, oh, I remember this one particular adventure they went on or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember that stuff. Yeah. Um, I did find a really great article from the San Jose Mercury newspaper, June 15th, 1988. Missing Big Boy recovered at high school. Somebody had kidnapped the Bob's Big Boy statue from the Winchester location that we grew up with. Oh, and, boy. Uh, dropped it off on the campus of the Monta Vista High School in Cupertino which was kind of intense. Um, so yeah, the, the Bob's big boy statue was legendary, uh, amongst other people, uh, in our community growing up. Um, he was well-traveled. Unfortunately, you know, Bob's big boy, that location, it's no, it's no more. It became a three flames restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. and I'm, I'm, it's, it's now closed. It hasn't been torn down yet, but I'm so sad. I never went back during its time as the three flames. Cause I've been told that aside from, the lack of the statue and other Bob's Big Boy paraphernalia. Pretty much all the interior fixtures and furniture furniture was pretty much all exactly the same. Like they didn't wow. really remodel it or anything like that. Wow. And it's a it was a really neat restaurant. It had that kind of fifties googie style architecture, you mm-hmm. know? Like very angular and space age almost, you know? Yeah. Well and being um, being on the corner of the property where the century theaters are, which themselves are very space agey. Yeah. I think Bob's Big Boy must have been the first place that I had ever um, tasted Thousand Island Ranch dressing. Oh, God, yeah, okay. And and I know you don't like that. I know no, you're not. No, I can't. I can't stand. I Thousand know you Island. Can, I can. I can handle ranch, but man, th- no, no, thank you. Yeah, but um, I dig it, and I think that was the first place I remember tasting that. Um, yeah, which was really interesting. But anyway, yeah, Bob's Big Boy. Oh man, nice. Well, I, you know what, I think we should kind of stick with this 50s vibe, and, okay. and I, I want to bring up the place that I, I completely forgot, and maybe it's because we never, I, we might not have ever actually eaten there. <laughs> okay. Um, but down, further down the Alameda toward uh, the train station okay. was uh, John's Graffiti Night. Oh, yeah. Where there's a little restaurant on a corner on what at that time was actually kind of an industrial part uh-huh. of of the Alameda just before it heads under the train tracks and becomes uh, Santa Clara Street. Uh-huh. Um, but once, I'm pretty sure it was once a month during the summer, uh, or at least during the spring and summer, perhaps, they'd have just a big hot rod gathering. Yeah. At this so restaurant, cool. and there wasn't really anything particularly remarkable about the restaurant. It was not quite a hole in the wall, um, and and it wasn't necess- I don't remember it being particularly, you know, it's not like you're walking into a Mel's Diner or something, right? 
um, um, or, or walking into a Bob's Big Boy or a Three Flames. It was a pretty, you know, bare bones uh, kind of place where, you know, it's just a mom and pop kind of running it kind of thing. It wasn't a chain. It wasn't anything like that. They just happened to be in this location. Um, but you could tell that it had been this kind of like restaurant or drive up restaurant because, you know, they had the covered mm-hmm. parking for a long time. You and can just imagine like, like car hops on roller skates coming out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you really take that, that location back a long time. And so of course now I'm talking about it and I've done no research on the location. So I, I think at some point, you know, maybe we'll do kind of a, uh, a car culture episode and we can kind of dive into this more, but this was a place that, you know, we definitely went. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we did ever eat there, well, I guess the food didn't kill us. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. I have no memory of ever eating anything there. I think these days it's now a whole food supermarket. Maybe seriously. I think so. Um, and it's also, um, um, this restaurant was super, super, super close to where they now built the um, the Sharks NHL arena. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's but, exactly right. But yeah, those were fun times, man. I really miss uh, I miss John's graffiti night. Those are, those are good times. Uh, well, you know what? You've, uh, you've gone off our show notes, so I think it's only fair that uh, Turnaround is fair play. I think the next place I'm going to mention is also off the show notes because it's a recent memory that kind of just came to me. I'm going to mention Calvin's world-famous South Philly cheesesteaks and hoagies. Calvin's? Now, I don't know if you remember Calvin's or not. No, I, I, I can only think of one cheesesteak place that's worth anyone's time. But there, they're still around. Yeah, Amato's. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're great. Um, but before Amato's, there was a guy named Calvin. But the thing was, Calvin wasn't his real name. He's an African-American gentleman by the name of John Allison Simmons, uh, a native of uh, Philadelphia who moved to San Jose in 1973. And in 1981, he opened up a cheesesteak restaurant. And he had multiple locations. He moved around a bit. The the location I remember was from about 1990 on Lincoln Avenue in Santa Clara. Okay. and then he later had locations on the Alameda right next to the town theater. Oh, yes. And Calvin's was the bomb. I loved it as a little kid. The store itself or the restaurant itself kind of, you know, it would be like open, but then it would move, but then it would close and it would be closed for like a decade and then it would come back. <laughs> Calvin always had he, – he was a really interesting character. I, well, the first thing is his name's not even Calvin, right? So that's the funny part. Um, and he always, according to his obituary, unfortunately he's passed, according to his obituary, he was always kind of like trying to get rich quick or something. He had like a jazz club service station. Wow. And he, he his grand vision was he was going to open up a chain of laundromats that were also restaurants at the same time. Like that was his like brainchild. He was almost like the guy in Back to the Future who wanted to breed pine trees. Mayor Goldie Wilson. Yeah. Well, sort of. Um, and anyway, so the thing was. He came back to the Alameda with a cheesesteak restaurant in 2008. And this is like probably one of the most shameful things I'm going to admit publicly on our podcast. So I just want our listeners to brace themselves. This isn't reflective of my general you know, worth as a human being. But the very last time that I went to Calvin's um, was probably around 2008. 
and it was kind of a late night. It might have been a Friday, Sunday night. It was probably like a Sunday night. Like it was late. It was quiet. I, this, the restaurant was just Calvin. There were no customers at that time. And this was right after Christmas. And Grandma Marge, God bless her, had given me, like she gave everybody for Christmas or their birthday, a $50 bill. And um, I went over to Calvin's and my then girlfriend stayed in the car and I went into the restaurant to order something. And I, the first thing I wanted to say was, you know, hey, Calvin, can you, can you, can you break a $50 bill, you know? And he was super excited. He was like, bring it on, you know, let's do it, you know, spend, <laughs> spend that money. You know, he was the greatest guy. He had such a, such a personality. He was frequently in the uh, local um, uh, um, Rose Garden area, red, white, and blue parades they would have on 4th of July. He had, a, he had his own float, cheesesteak themed. It was amazing. And I was like getting really excited and I was going to order something. And then something happened, and I'm ashamed to say it. He he had this coughing fit, and he was like coughing really bad, like it, like he had a head cold or something. Mm-hmm. And it totally grossed me out. And like all of a sudden, I didn't want to eat at Calvin's, and so I made up some weird excuse, like, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to take the paper menu to my girlfriend in the car and see what she wants to order, and then I'll be right back." And like I ran away to the car and just left, and we probably got drive through. And and then in 2010, he up and drops dead from a heart attack. And it's like, you know, I, if I could go back in time and, like, relive that moment, like, I would have ordered a cheesesteak. Um, so I have a little bit of guilt for that. Um, but that's my Calvin story. So Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. I, do, I do have some recollections of Calvin's. I, not, obviously, to the level that you do. But as soon as you said that it was next to the town theater, I was like, oh, I do remember this place. Yeah, mom, mom, mom has strong memories of Calvin's. She used to say that, I guess, back in the 90s, and pretty much because it's a family restaurant, like there would be days when, you know, family stuff happens. So you would show up during open hours, like the hours that were posted, they would be open and they would just be closed and locked up. So it was kind mm-hmm. of this. But apparently he like imported all of his fixings like from Philadelphia. So wow. like all the cheeses and breads and stuff like that. So nice. Ah, uh, Calvin's, I miss you. God bless you. <laughs> uh, what's next? What's next? Well, I, I'm I'm going to throw out a place that um, I can't believe it was like two days before we recorded, before I remembered that, oh my gosh, Mother Flippin' Bullwinkles needs oh. to be on this list. Oh, yes, Bullwinkles. Now, the only place have... that has been, you know, a family fun center, a nightclub, and now a dialysis center. Right, exactly. So, of course, the next thing is probably going to be a funeral parlor. Yeah, um, probably. Probably. And then there'll be or, like... Or, as most of the Bay Area is turning into, homes. Yeah, probably just a home. Yeah. But um, you know what? I'm so... Doing this podcast with you has just been such a pleasure over the past couple of years. And there's been a lot of like information that I've dug up online in doing this podcast for research that probably I wouldn't have done had we not been doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think of all the things that I found that I got so excited about, the thing that I'm most proud of was finding the old audio clips of the songs that the anima- animatronic robots would sing while you were eating pizza right. at the Bullwinkles restaurant. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What are some of your Bullwinkles memories? Well, I don't know. Do you want to listen to one of these songs first? Oh, let's do it. All right, here we go. Sad of feeling low, just step right up and say hello to Bullwinkle Moose. Bullwinkle Moose, even though he's not too bright, he can fill you with delight. Bullwinkle Moose, Bullwinkle Moose, he's never a bother and he's always on your. 
your side <laughs> oh boyicles i miss you i miss robots i miss robots that would sing to me i miss age. robots i don't know about that i do there's not many places where you can go and eat and have a robot sing to you yeah you just wait until that robot uprising happens man That'll yeah be... <laughs> i guess so now we'll have like alexa or something singing to us i guess i don't know um man i don't know maybe bullwinkles it was ski ball ski ball ski ball i mean and I, I remember the the pizza wasn't great, but it was pizza. Even even bad pizza is kind of good. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were both kind of raised on the old Bullwinkle cartoons. So to be able to go to a restaurant that was like all Bullwinkle stuff and, and, and Boris and Natasha and Fearless Leader and all that, it was great. Oh, I love it. I mean, yeah. it was... there. You, But it's true, you don't have... You don't have restaurants like this no, anymore. I mean, I, even even modern day Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese's aren't like this anymore. No, I mean, I mean, I think there's maybe two Bullwinkles still all around, and they're both in like Oregon. I okay, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely um, uh, it, it started out in San Jose, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that Santa Clara location is the first one. Yeah, it was the flagship, basically. Yeah. Um, I think at certain points during the 1980s, there was like a huge inflatable Bullwinkle standing like outside or on the roof, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember a lot of the interior decor was kind of had a, like a, a Northwest log cabin kind of vibe. There was definitely a woodsy feel to it. I mean, it's all, yeah. like, you know, what Frostbite Falls and all that. So Frostbite Falls, Minnesota, kind of like a Dudley Do-Right kind of vibe a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. Um, did you have a favorite part of the Rocky and Bullwinkle? Um, like, were you a big Fractured Fairy Tales man, or? Oh, yeah, Fractured Fairy Tales were always really good. I liked those. Um, I always enjoyed Peabody and Sherman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Wayback Machine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it it always kind of blew my mind that, um, they actually basically brought back Peabody and Sherman by themselves as a cartoon on Netflix. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but basically gave them like, it was basically like they had a, a late night talk show. Okay. Kind of thing. Um, and you know, they, they'd interview people from history and then they'd have a, a way back story where they'd have, you know, some adventure they went, I kids, the kids really got into it for a while. They, they, they would love watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Hey, you know, you're watching something from my youth, even though it's a modern spin on it, I'll run with it. I dig it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle, man, there's just, I, I feel like I could, you know, someday do a deep dive on, you know, cartoons from the sixties that hit, had influence on us in the eighties. Cause I feel like there was a lot of that kind of stuff. I think it was one of the first American cartoon shows that, um, outsourced a lot of their animation to like other countries that were it was like where it was cheaper to do the animating 
Oh yeah. I, yeah, I, I read a lot that um, a lot of it was actually animated in uh, Mexico. Oh uh, really? Kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, but yeah, such a great show, and a lot of the humor still stands up. I think in. in, in oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think that's safe to say for kind of a lot of the cartoons of that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, anything where you've got the the one level of humor for the kids but then you know that the adults are watching too because they're stuck there with their kids and yeah. you've got humor that can hit on the adult level that that always i think is uh, longer lasting yeah yeah totally uh great choice man yeah well i think the next place we would visit is actually going to be a fast food restaurant mcdonald's yeah now i I think the I think it's worth saying because you know we're we're talking about all these places that are gone and McDonald's is by no means gone. However, um, that being said, I think there's certain food items that are gone that they used to offer. There uh, are certain food items, Happy Meal options. Mm-hmm. You know, there I think there are certain aspects about McDonald's that I think are worth noting while mm-hmm. we're here talking about this stuff. Right. Um, I mean, I think that. I mean, for the most part, I think as a kid, I was, I don't want to say I was, had any brand loyalty. I mean, there were certain, I mean, I have really strong memories of the crinkle French fries from Carl's Jr. and eating yeah. those at our great grandmother's apartment. Mm-hmm. And I, as she watched Days of Our Lives, um, yes. I really have strong memories of the 1987 Burger King burger bundles where they would have the little box of six sliders. Okay. Um, but McDonald's, I think, was the fast food place that I went to the most as a kid. Um, I think the location that we went to as a family more often than others would have been the one located on Bascom Avenue. Yes, Um, up by the hospital there. Up by the hospital. Not because we were going to the hospital. That's just a landmark. Right. It was, I mean, I don't know if it was the closest, um, but it might have been. Um, I think at that time it was. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want to tip my cap to some of the McDonald's that we visited as children on road trips. I think there might have been one in the city of Chowchilla. Okay. If my memory is correct, maybe that was the one that we would stop off to on the drive to Porterville. But you're better at memory, remembering town names than I am. Um, um, I... I would say that if we were headed down to Porterville, we were probably stopping at the one in... Um, it definitely had a playpen, you know, where there would be like a... a you like know, it was side. probably Los Banos. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think yeah, it was Los Some Banos. city names just work better in Spanish. <laughs> but, um, and then there, uh, there was one, I think, also halfway to Yosemite. But I don't yeah, so if we were headed up to Yosemite or Pine Mountain Lake, we'd probably stop at the one in Oakdale. Oakdale, yeah. So I think the Oakdale, the Los Banos, and the Bascom Avenue location were sort of like... Well, I think the Bascom Avenue location was like our mother church, but then like the Los Banos and the Oakdale ones were like like the second and the third ones. <laughs> the satellite but, churches. Um, sort of, you know. Um, did you have a, 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 a Happy Meal toy that you remember the most from our childhood, um, you know, I'll be honest. It it I remember the glassware that you could get. Okay. So whether it was Garfield mugs mm-hmm. or um, great Muppet caper like tall glasses, mm-hmm. um, I think there were peanuts ones as well. Okay. Um, just the simple fact that you could get a Happy Meal, and here is an an actual glass. 
<laughs> right, right. It's not a plastic cup. It's not something yeah. you would just, you know, chuck in the recycling. This is a legitimately glass cup with honestly some pretty awesome art. Yeah. On it. Um that whole range was great. I've got a couple of the Garfield mugs still left. I mean, we used to have the Charlie Brown ones. We used to have the Great Muppet Caper ones. We had a mm-hmm. bunch of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, over the years, it all either broke or got, you know, gotten rid of at a garage sale or something. Mm-hmm. But a couple of these Garfield mugs stuck around, um, and I have them now, and I've got them tucked away. Yeah. But it, this this glassware was also the first item that was something from my childhood okay. that I saw in an antique store. Uh oh. And I suddenly went, "Oh crap, I'm old." Uh-oh. <laughs> that was the thing. Not yeah, not starting a... to get gray hairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was here's this thing that I loved and it's yeah. now it's not collectible. It's it's not at a Goodwill. It's at an honest to goodness antique store. It's like, uh-huh. "Oh man." But you know, I think you're onto something actually because it's almost like harkening back to a point in time where maybe American society was slightly less litigious than it is today. I mean, you think about now, you give some a kid at a store, or you go a kid comes into a restaurant and you give them something made out of glass uh-huh. to take home and with them. I mean, you know, how long is it going to be until like somebody accidentally breaks it and they cut themselves and then there's going to be a hundred million dollar lawsuit? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So it's like it's almost like a time that's gone and we'll never have that again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's yeah. a yeah. Like, that's it, a great. Yeah, that's a great If choice. they were to do something like that again, it would have to be one of those things where it's like, oh, collect these things and then send away and we'll ship them to you kind of thing. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, I definitely had lots of memories of, of course, you'd always, you know, I have lots of memories of the little Lego kits where it'd be a plastic baggie with only like five, like the kit would be five bit box, blocks. Yes. Big, you know? Yes. And we'd probably still be asking mom to build it yeah. at a stoplight. Um, but I think my favorite. Uh, Happy Meal toy were these like large blow molded plastic boats um, that you could float in the bathtub or wherever. Um, yeah. Each, each one was a different color and a different design based on a different McDonald Land character. Of course, it came with the obligatory stickers you could apply in the correct or maybe not so correct way. Um, more like more likely not correct with knowing us. And they were pretty big. They were almost like the size of a Happy Meal box. No, I, actually, if I remember correctly, and, and I could be wrong, I think they actually replaced the Happy Meal box for like that run. It's like your Happy Meal would come inside. Your food it. would be in the toy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, I think maybe... the two, you know, the bottom would separate off from the top, and yeah. you know, you'd have your sticker sheet inside and your food. I think one of the boats was like a paddle wheeler. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Um, yep. Yeah, I, I just have really strong memories of those. Um, you know, so I I had forgotten about them until you mentioned them. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. Yes, I oh, totally remember these. And so you, I'm, yeah. I'm doing some searching. And, and prior to kind of our era, so very early 80s, there actually was – they had a run of these and it was a spaceship. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We remember the boats, but you go a couple years before when we were getting these things, and they had spaceship ones, and I'm like, that's really cool. That's awesome. Oh man, uh, good, good memories. Totally. Good and I, I remember this. This every so often we would uh, stop at a McDonald's when we were, you know, out traveling, and mm-hmm. uh, some of these would be test markets for like, oh, we're gonna try doing this, or we're gonna try doing that, uh-huh. and I remember. Going through Oakdale uh-huh. when they were testing the McPizza. Uh-huh. 
it's like you were gonna get like a little like personal pizza and it was mcdonald's okay um and i seem to remember trying it maybe mm-hmm. that was just in my mind maybe we actually hit it breakfast time and you couldn't get one okay and i really wanted one um but if i actually did try it because the memory in my head was like oh yeah i got to try it and it was really unimpressive <laughs> oh well at least they were trying yeah maybe next time mcdonald's pizza though that's a trip though i know i i can't just i don't think of them as being a pizza they're like even just for like a quick personal you know tiny four slice pizza yeah it, what are we are we talking like uh stouffer's french bread rectangular shaped or like uh, no uh, it, from what i remember circular? it was round it was round okay. okay uh thinner thinner crust Mm-hmm. So it's a little little on the crispier side. Mm-hmm. Um and literally just, you know, cut into quarters. Yeah. Okay. Ah, oh, good times. Now I I feel like I need to Google up a picture of this and check my memory here. Alright. Go ahead, you keep talking. Um well I think there's a couple places that um as Tay's researching this, uh just wanted to mention really quickly um there was a restaurant and i presume it might still be in existence um in the neighboring community of saratoga called la fondue um, oh la fondue is still there when i was growing up that was almost like it was de rigueur that you had to take your prom date to la fondue like before or after the prom Do you know what i mean yep it was like i don't know if you ever went to la fondue like la fondue was um when you were a, a courtin uh, oh yes oh no no i remember um my first girlfriend uh her family were like we're going to la fondue you're coming with and i'm like all right what what's fondue oh i got you. um uh but it became uh fondue became the like de facto anniversary dinner for my yes. wife and i yeah 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 um it... and uh even though we live a, a long way from saratoga now uh, there was one year where we made the drive all the way down there for it, and then went. You oh. know what? Let's just let's just do the fondue place in Livermore from now on. Oh, <laughs> um, but well, yeah, La Fondue was great. I'm just gonna backtrack a second yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm I'm looking at the McPizza, yeah. um, and completely forgot that in their um, advertising for it, instead of using actual Z's, they turned huh. the McDonald's M on its side. Oh, brilliant! And made it. And doubled it and made it uh, into like a cursive Z, and it it uh, looks really kind of hokey. I have oh, to admit. Oh, that's great. Oh, oh I have I just to had, admit. I just had a mental image of that. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Let's get back to something slightly more cultured. Oh, oh, okay. Um, uh, is it my turn? Well, you were talking about La Fondue. Did you want to go further into it? Oh, well, you know, I actually, at this point, I just have a couple places left, but it's almost like not really fully formed stories, but just kind of, I really wanted to run them by you really quickly as almost like a Q&A. Oh, okay. Rapid fire round. Sort of, yeah, sort of rapid fire. Um, since we're on the topic of food, there's a couple uh, issues or issues, not issues, but like um, aspects of our childhood that it seems that this would be the proper episode to bring them up. Okay. Um, do you remember, did you um, do school lunches? Did you do a, bra- a bag lunch? Did you eat I at always the did bag lunch. You always did bag lunch. Do you remember, always did like, bag lunch. What, what did you, what were you eating? Was it like a Lunchable? Was it a sandwich that mom made? Or? It was a sandwich that mom made. I, I would have, unless there was like leftover pizza, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd be like, I want the leftover pizza because I want to be the cool kid. Yeah. Um, I would always, always 
have a peanut butter sandwich. Just peanut butter, bread and peanut Just butter. Just peanut butter. I don't white like jelly. White bread? Uh, at that time in our lives, it was white bread. Okay, okay. There was um, once... Um, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, you go ahead. I wasn't um, going to say anything else. The only um, school cafeteria food that I remember was um, something that I think a lot of American youth from the 80s and 70s remember. Um, it was a kind of um, industrial pizza that would be served to school public school children. Um, and they would come in these kind of like um, – it was almost like a, um, an, uh, like an ingot of metal. It was like a – you would get this brick that was like maybe you know five inches long, three inches wide, and two inches tall. So it wouldn't be round or triangular. It would be rectangular-shaped pizza uh, served in a freestanding um, molded metal tinfoil uh, outer casing. And the pizza itself, the dough, it would be impossible to remove the pizza from the metal. You almost had to just scoop it out with a spoon and eat it out of the thing. <laughs> and there would be this tiny top layer of mozzarella and sauce and then the bulk of it would be the, the the crust of the pizza or the dough but it was so it was like bready it wasn't even like pizza crust that you would ever eat in any other context and there are so many people online that obsess over this and try to figure out the recipes and figure out okay which vendor did our school district use that actually cooked it and where's their recipe and people fondly call it rectangle pizza that's um, crazy and I have a super strong memory of eating that at Empire Gardens Middle School when I was okay. a kid. Um, the, the, um, I'll tell you this. It makes the McPizza sound really good. Yeah. Compared to the McPizza, it was definitely a nightmare. But it almost has kind of a fascination for me now. I get it. Um, also, um, one thing I really wanted to quickly mention. Do you have a favorite um, food dish that mom or dad would prepare? I mean, obviously – Hopefully, mom and dad are going to be in our lives for another 40 years. But at some point, you know, there's going to be a point where they're not. And we won't have the option to ask them to make X, Y, or Z for us. Um, yeah. I think, I think, we, I think we would prop. I would argue that we might agree at least that in terms of dad, it would be the killer bread. Oh, yes. Um, which was basically just a loaf of French bread sliced lengthwise covered with a thick layer of, like, um, Parmesan cheese mixed with mayonnaise, I guess. Uh, basically, yeah, it was um, the, the 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 concept between killer bread was was basically to make up this, um, you know, a uh, uh, kind of garlic mayo Parmesan um, mixture uh -huh. and put on a loaf of French bread, yeah, um, twice as much as you would think to put. That's what made it killer. Yeah, and it would kind of get kind of golden brown in the oven, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. slice it up and just eat it. Um, no, there have been many, many a potluck where I've been like, I'm just making killer bread. Right, right. Mom um, used and to... And it always goes over gangbusters. Oh, right. Um, that's the only thing I can really remember, like, dad making. I mean, mm -hmm. I do have... There was this childhood uh, food that I used to eat where it would just be a sandwich made of... Um, Oh, this is going to be the, the white trashiest thing I've ever admitted to. It, it would be slices of white bread, and then there'd be it'd be liberally slathered with mayonnaise, Ugh. and then you'd have a slice of American cheese, and then you'd have a watery pickle relish, oh. and that was and that was it. No meat, you know. No, it, and it was it was and it was like I loved these things. They were so good, but it was just like you know the worst thing ever. Yeah, it you was. Just, 
Yeah. Um, but mom, <laughs> God bless her. Mom used to make this thing and it, she would make it like Sunday morning breakfasts and it would okay. be, um, you'd slice up Hillshire farm sausage and then you'd like fry up like sliced potatoes and like peppers and onions. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like she would serve it and you could eat it days later and maybe just put it in a bowl and kind of ketchup it up and put it in the microwave. And I mean, there was nothing special about it, but it was so special. And I, gosh, I haven't eaten it in decades, not decades, but you know, at least a decade, probably longer. I mean, I'm sure it's the kind of thing mom, you know, if I asked her would make for us again, you know, but yeah, um, it, it, I mean, it wouldn't be too hard. I mean, that kind of stuff is pretty hearty and, uh, pretty straightforward when it comes to uh recipes and stuff yeah i mean it, it, it's a, it's incredibly straightforward but unfortunately I'm, I'm of all people i mean i love eating i love food i i haven't had a very healthy relationship with food for most of my life but at the same time you know i couldn't even boil toast if i tried i mean i'm so uh useless when it comes to cooking i mean uh i would have no idea how to even begin to create such a dish but um i definitely think next time i see mo i'm gonna have to nag her into making some of it for me um well and if, and if nothing else don't just nag her into making some for you be like mom teach me how to make this <laughs> teach me how to teach me how to cook no yeah. I, I i think that's a very important thing if nothing um, else but to you know continue the recipe on into the future do you remember um flintstone ice cream push pops um, can I talk about some of the stuff that I remember? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for mom and dad's like, yeah. Dishes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you got? Um, in terms of, I mean, I agree with dad, killer bread. Okay. Hands yeah. down. Right. Um, I remember mom would make these dinner dishes and they'd go one of two ways. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I take that back one of three ways and no one expects the Spanish inquisition. Um, right. it would either be, um, Basically, like chicken tenders in like a gravy, mm-hmm, like a white gravy. Uh, yeah, a white yeah. or a light gravy yeah, yeah. of some kind, and that I would always find delicious. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I could eat a bucket of that. It was very simple too, like simple, flavor, um, but but good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she also had a variation on that where it was red sauce and cheese mm-hmm. on the, on the chicken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But then uh, it was also mom's cooking that got me introduced to and uh, appreciative of like an Italian sausage sandwich. Oh, yeah. With this, like the roll, the bread would be like a mm-hmm. roll. Oh, God. Yep. Yeah. So she'd do a Italian sausage and red sauce, get that onto a sandwich, put some, you know, I don't know, provolone or whatever on it. Yes. And I would just, yes, I'd be, oh. you know, a pig God. and cake or. Yeah. Well, yeah. pig and cake, that sounds delicious, too, actually. Doesn't it? Well, pork, you know, cake. I love pulled, cake. I love pulled pork, pork funfetti cake. Why not? Jeez. You know, it's, it's amazing how these dishes, it's like we never even had, like, names for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I, I loved all that kind of stuff. Probably ah, not the best so for good. my waistline, but, you know, it's more of a coastline these days anyway. But it was food with love. It was definitely oh. food with love. And, and mom spoiled us because, you know for being a picky eater, she'd be like, Oh, well, I'll make you something different. And quite frankly, that's not how, I mean, at least personal opinion, that's, that's not how it should be done. It's like, you know, okay, no, this is what you're eating. You need to try this vegetable I made for you or whatever, but that's. Well, we were definitely a family that, um, you and I got away with a lot of like the sugary cereals, like that kind of thing. Oh yeah, we did. That kind of stuff. Yeah, um, we did. 
uh, which um, is like, yeah, anyway. I mean, that's a whole other episode probably by itself. <laughs> oh, completely. Yeah, because we are... The Saturday morning episode, you know. We are, are quickly running up on the, the two-hour mark here. So yeah. why don't we just, why don't we hit a few of these things? Do, do you remember Shark Bright's fruit snacks? I do. Do I do you? remember them. I do. Nice. Um, yeah, they were um, they were shaped in the shape of sharks. Yeah, why not? Um, and I think there I think there were some where there were like special ones where they'd be like a great white. Um, I they, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, it was like a chase item. You know, you'd like go to the store and be like, oh, they have the 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 one with the great white. Right. They don't they'd only make a few, and it's like, oh, if you got a lucky one, yeah, kind of thing. Um, yeah. And you had mentioned Flintstones push pops. Do you remember those? I totally remember those. Yeah. I remember. You know, nothing, again, yeah. nothing really special about them. Uh-uh. But that was just something we had in the house as kids. You know, that was our ice cream treat. But I mean, it was great. But then you'd get to the point where like you reached the bottom of the push pop and all of yep. a sudden all you got is plastic left and yeah. there's nothing more you can like push. Uh, and that was, that was tough sometimes, but um, <laughs> those were great. Um, it's It's ice cream sandwiches. Yes. Now those are still around. Um, those, those are still around. those are fantastic. I always love It's It's. They're great, but my only my only complaint is that at my Costco I can only buy them in quantity boxes that have like thirty inside. That's a bad and, thing. Well, if I, I when it comes to It's It's, I have no self control. Oh, oh, if I gotcha. had if I had access to thirty. Within 24 hours, I would have I would have zero, and then they like that's how my obituary would read. You know, <laughs> local man found covered in its its wrappers. You know, um, which is not the worst way to go out, but I just cannot trust myself with 30 its its. Um, All right, fair. Um, hey, do you remember? Uh, I want to kind of tip my hat to uh, a, a local restaurant, Original Joe's. Yeah. Um, great, great place. Great Italian restaurant in San Jose. Um, that had a lot of memories too. Um, uh, 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 oh, you have on you have on the list cheese balls. Yeah, like the original planters. The planters. Yeah, cheese yeah, balls. yeah. Right. Because I think those are the only good ones. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we've talked before about PB Max. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but PB Max was a great candy bar that is sadly no longer with us. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, it, even though I publicly confessed to the Sara Lee croissants being the discontinued food I would want back the most. If it was limited to just discontinued candy bars, PB Max would be at the top of my list. Personally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, so tasty. Oh man. Uh, wow. Well, man, I mean, this has been, this has been food for thought. Jeez. Oh, nicely done. <sighs> nicely done. Wow. I was about to say, I'm tired and hungry all at the same time. Mm, hunger tire. I know I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm excited because you know, in a couple of days, we are headed off to Tennessee, and there yeah. are restaurants and food stuff there that we don't have here, and I'm excited for that. Uh, help me out again. What do you, what are you? Central Tennessee, Eastern, Western, uh, Eastern, Northeastern. We're going to be about an hour or so. Uh, wow, I'm you, tired. An you, hour or so north of Knoxville. Okay, so maybe closer to North Carolina, almost. Um, a little bit kind of toward North Carolina. In fact, we will be um, almost spitting distance from the Kentucky border. Oh, cool. I got you. I got yeah. you. Man, I hope you have a great time. I can't wait to hear all about it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we, we really um, 
you know, we're spending more time there than we did last time. So we're able to, we're going to be able to get out and do, do a few more things and, uh, oh, cool. see a few more sites. Uh, I know Amber really wants to see a, a civil war battlefield. So we're, we'll go check that out too. Oh, I'm going to be so jealous. I've never been to one. I, you, Hey, I haven't either. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, I'll be sure to take lots of pictures, uh, find some souvenirs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so Seb, what are we doing for August? Yes, our next episode topic, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be all about childhood pets and pet store memories. Um, yes. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, at first, I was like, did we have a lot of pets? And then I started thinking about, well, about, I don't know about you, but I definitely had a lot of pets. Um, and I know that we had a couple cats, and yep. uh, there was a couple really neat pet stores in San Jose that we grew up with that are no longer around. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. You know? Yeah, me too. Our, our childhood home is a veritable um, graveyard of uh, pet family pets uh, oh here and there, um, which uh, we'll talk about a little bit uh, in next month's episode. So stay tuned, folks. Most definitely. Yeah. Check us out then. And in the meantime, please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Memory Serves Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Blue Box UFO and you can follow Seb. At Clan McMuffin. Aye, indeed. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. I'm sorry, I refuse to call it Apple Podcasts. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever you consume podcasts. Just search up If Memory Serves. We are also on Spotify. Please, wherever you can, write and review us as well. I even peeked in on Stitcher the other day, and nobody has oh. rated us or reviewed us. And I tell you what, I, I make you this promise. If you... Uh, rate and review us. Doesn't matter what it is. And you, uh, send us, like, take a screenshot of it. Uh, send it to us either on Twitter or, uh, Facebook. I will read it out on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. I really want to do that. So please, please don't make me be the one to go in and give us a review. <laughs> um, and subscribe to us on SoundCloud. If you are a SoundCloud user, you can get all the shows that the NOTLG puts out. That address is soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Also check out notlg.spreadshirt.com. Get yourself one of our sweet, sweet If Memory Serves shirts. I even think we might have the logo on buttons. Buttons are cool. Um, And if you can, if you're in a position to, please support us on Patreon. We, I promise we actually are working on coming up with some uh, cool stuff for our Patreons. Uh, Support the whole network because, you know, we don't do advertising. We have to pay to be on Spotify. So if if you can help out monetarily, even a dollar, five dollars would be awesome. Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Check that out, please. Um, Morgan Willis does our intro and outro music. You can check him out on Facebook, Twitter, or SoundCloud. Uh, just look up Morgan Willis, although for what it's worth, I'm on Twitter. He's Morgan Willis82. Uh, thank you for that. And with that... I hope you all have an awesome July. Enjoy the 4th for our American listeners. For those of you elsewhere in the world, if you have a holiday coming up in July, like, say, uh, what is it, Canada Day on July 1st? Canada Day, yeah. You know, have a lovely Canada Day, and we will talk to you next time. See ya. Bye-bye, folks.
What happened to my pizza?